All right, what's going on? Hey, Chris. Hey, did you go vote today? No, I uh, mailed mine in a few weeks ago. Okay. So okay. I trusted that, so hopefully everything went okay with that. So. Yeah, without without getting too political, uh, we went in uh, yesterday. Me and my wife, we were in and out. Um, pretty simple procedure. Um, I'm actually kind of glad it was held at the expo center. I think. From the looks of things, it looks like we had a great turnout. And, you know, regardless of who you're voting for and which way you tend to lean, uh, it's good for America when more people are empowered and more people use their voice. Um, uh, sounded like a history teacher tonight. Uh, but um, I'd say people not voting is about the equivalent of a boss at a job uh, not paying any attention and therefore not holding the people working for them accountable. The people working for us, you know, in theory, <laughs> yeah, are our elected officials. So um, it's good to see that turnout. Uh, and usually, when there's a high turnout, the right people win. So, yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. I like that. So, yeah, it seems like everything went smoothly, though. So that's that's good. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so, for sure. I do. I do have a funny story to tell. Okay. To kick things off. So, you know, I think it was about, uh, what, three weeks ago we did the 2005 season? Yeah, three or four weeks ago, yeah. All right, there was one story I, 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 we didn't get to squeeze in, you know, because uh, our podcast seemed to go like three hours. Um, <laughs> that's not true. But um, we uh, – I remember, you know, when you go through and you do your research on uh, looking back at those seasons and everything, a lot of memories start to come flooding back. And you say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Well – I remember, I remembered um, in, at the very end of the season, last regular season game, 2005, uh, we tied Grayson County, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was our last, uh, pretty much our last chance at a, at a win for the season. And because we had Warren Central coming up in the district tournament and you know, the odds, uh, their odds were not in our favor. So uh, after the game was over, Bowling Green Daily News, who did a terrific job covering high school soccer down there, I, I hope that's still the case, uh, but they uh, did a terrific job covering us and all the other schools in the area, and they're interviewing me after the game, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember giving the interview, and at some point towards the end, the, uh, the, the reporter, you know, got a little awkward on me, right? And just looked kind of like, like they were looking at, they were writing down what I was saying, and they kind of hesitated and said, "Oh, okay. Well, good, uh, good game, coach." And, and I remember, I remember specifically walking back to the locker room and thinking to myself, okay, got "Kind of awkward there, real quick, just abruptly, you know." And I, it never dawned on me why, right? So, uh, leading up to our podcast three weeks ago over the 2005 season, if you haven't listened to it yet, you should. It's great for young coaches to listen to. Um, and I'm going through, and I was going through. Uh, all the old newspaper articles that, uh, from our games. I kept them, right? And so I'm reading this write-up on the game, and the reporter had asked me, you know, what we learned this year. And I told the reporter, I was like, hey, you know, if we learn this year, we can do a complete 360 turnaround. Now, Chris? But... What would you rather have, a 360? If you're trying to improve, would you ever rather have a 360 turnaround or a 180-degree oh, turnaround? Gosh. I don't know. 180, I guess. 
<laughs> Come on, uh, you go to Butler Traditional High School, you know, <laughs> you want the 180. So that's what it was. <laughs> All these years later, I, I wondered, why did that reporter get so awkward on me there at the last second? And now I know why, because they weren't sure if they really needed to, you know, put in the paper exactly what I said, or if they needed to go ahead and correct it for me. But what I should have said was, we could have yeah. done a 180. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so. Hey, I'm not allowed in the math part of the building in any school I teach in because I'm so bad at math. I'm going to mess up the test course. So, um, <laughs> you don't want me going anywhere near your geometry or, uh, you know, anywhere near your geometry or calculus or algebra classes, folks. So, um, yeah, not good, not good. It's too bad soccer's a game of angles. So, um, but hey, it is what it is. We, I, I got my geometry lesson now. I know what the proper. Uh, what the proper turnaround you want is. So there we go. <laughs> exactly. All right. So I guess we should go on and get into what we're discussing today. So, so uh, or tonight rather. So tonight's edition is King of the Bluegrass Cup, which is one of my favorite tournaments of the whole the past two years. So let's just start off with the obvious. You know, kind of just talk about what what exactly was the tournament and how did you just basically what led to, you know, the tournament itself. Well, uh, to me, it's all about program growth, exposure, and, oh, yeah, it's a fundraiser. Um, I've always believed that every program, especially successful ones, should look to host a tournament. As a program, maybe you attend a tournament one year, and then the next year you look to host one. Uh, when I was down at Franklin Simpson, we hosted one that just seemed like a lot of moving parts. And uh, a lot of that, some of that's my fault. Um, so once I started coaching at Fairdale and figured out that we were going on to something special, um, it immediately became a part of my agenda. Um, I think the, the idea initially came in 2012. Um, you know, we went down to Muhlenberg County for uh, a tournament that weekend, the state park fight. Put together very quickly at the last second. Uh, it ended up being it was four teams. We went down there and won. Uh, it was a good tournament, you know, the turf field and everything. So not a whole lot you, that you can complain about. But I remember on the way back, um, I told my assistant, Phil, he was driving the bus. I said, you know, there's really not a reason why we can't do this at our school. And he agreed with me. Um, uh, he was encouraging of that idea, as he usually was. I mean, why not? Uh, uh, it's exposure. Um, in my opinion, if soccer wants to be – here's a – yeah, this is a – go on a rant. You know, so often – uh, Chris, a lot of us soccer coaches uh, and players, for that matter, parents, we gripe about our programs not being taken seriously by our schools. Well, if you want to be taken seriously, you got to take yourself seriously. Um, hosting a tournament is a big step in that direction. Um, it, you know, uh, our old athletic director at Fairdale, Ernest Smith, uh, he made a point one day to me. He said, "Hey." I want, I want cars in that parking lot every weekend. I want kids here playing. Whatever the sport is, I want kids coming here from different schools coming here and playing. Um, he was totally in support of the tournament. Um, and, you know, that's a great way for your sport, for the high school soccer scene to be taken seriously, especially here in Louisville. I feel like we have a pretty uh, – I feel like we have a very underrated soccer scene, not just on a regional basis but on a national basis, Right. Uh, here in Louisville, you could say that we're a basketball hotbed, a high school basketball hotbed. 
Not many people are going to argue with that. And one reason for that is because we have tournaments, bluegrass, and uh, other LIT. Um, trying to think what other schools have. I know Burn Creek and uh, PRP are, are collaborating to host one now. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple more that I'm not thinking of. But my point is, is that because of those tournaments, people look at the, the, the basketball scene in Louisville as something to be taken seriously. I feel like, especially in the sixth region, um, if we want soccer to be taken seriously, if we want uh, if we want the city to be taken seriously, and one of those things is hosting a tournament. I know there are people that will say, well, there's not enough, uh, there's not enough rental support in those places. There's not enough manpower. Um, folks, uh, you're talking, I didn't do everything by myself. Um, but if I had more than five people helping me at a given, on a given day in those tournaments, um, in the tournaments we've hosted, um, it's news to me. So, um, you know, take ourselves seriously. Um, but anyway, at that time, to my knowledge, nobody in the sixth region was hosting anything. I know DeSales years ago had hosted the Colt Cup. It went away. Now it's back. Good. Right? Um, what's that? What's, uh, what's that? Who, who won the uh, – serious question, though. Who ended up winning the uh, Cup? It was Mail. Or no, Ballard. Yeah, you're, you're cutting out Mayo. a lot here. Ballard. I'm not sure what it is. Oh, right, that's good. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Better. Yeah. Good now? Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, we got to get moved over to Apple at some point to be continued. Um, we're working on it. Um, but, um, you know, nobody was hosting anything at that time, in my opinion. So I decided, I was like, we can host a tournament. We should. Um, and when you do that, in my opinion, you're giving a little more credibility to your program and giving back to your school. Um, you're also giving back to the soccer community in your area. Again, creating a hotbed, a big part of a hotbed. you got to see some tournaments going on. Uh, it's also worth noting that we had a couple of success, successful fundraisers in 2012 and 13, but also knew we had a group of kids coming up that would not be in position to sell mattresses or fan cloth the other way, uh, the way other kids could. So hosting a tournament seemed like an easy idea to raise money for my program as well. Yeah, exactly. It did. I always liked the, the fact that you did it on both levels for JV and varsity. Because really, you know, you get a few varsity tournaments, but there really isn't a whole lot of JV tournaments out there. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting that you did it for both levels. So uh, any... to me, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I was just going to say, to me, in my, in my opinion, a credible program hosts both a varsity and a JV tournament. Now, a lot of people are going to balk at this. It's a lot of work. Well, how exactly. Do you want your yeah. Program to be? So, just kind of talk a little bit about how long did it kind of take to plan that? Because it seems like you know, as soon as the season's over with, the next day you're already working on the schedule. So, just how long did it take you? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the reality is <laughs> you're never done planning a tournament. I think you could ask uh, Lloyd Gardner. Uh, the guy that um, you know, he's pretty much Mr. Fairdale, and he's overseeing the King of Bluegrass basketball tournament since his first year. I guess that might have been yeah, he's been around for one, eighty three, somewhere in there. Uh, long time, right? Uh, Lloyd's a guru. He's uh, you know he lives to be organized, and he uh, told me he had a checklist of a uh, yearly checklist schedule when he when he got things taken care of for the tournament. Uh, but the reality of it is, man, I mean. 
you're playing things for the tournament. There's always going to be something that pops up that you try to get taken care of. Or if you do have everything else done, then it's your on you to find something else that you can add to a tournament, right? So let's say you got everything else done. You got ball boys in place. You got clock keepers. You got parents uh, or people working the, the ticket gate, right? You got everything handled, taken care of on Wednesday before that tournament. So what's stopping you from having some, a few students make some more signs for it? What's stopping you from, uh, I don't know, um, seeing if uh, you can get a certain food vendor to come in? I know you don't want to compete with the concession stand too much. Which, by the way, Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put your feet to the fire later on. I'm going to demand who's, uh, which tournament that you've been to has the best uh, concession food. All right. Uh, but, um, you know, I've, I've had years that we were still planning for it the Friday night before, unfortunately. Um, the ideal scenario is to book your date first and keep it there uh, a year ahead of time. And then you keep it that weekend every year. That's the weekend of, that's, you know, uh, that way it, it gets burned into your players, your parents, and the community's conscious. Um, the middle of September usually seems best because you're not fighting heat as much as you might be in August. And you're also not fighting terrible weather that you might see in October. Now, I do know. Oh, God. In 2018, yeah, it, it rained all day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. last year, it was stupid hot. So, you know, um, so there's not a lot of evidence to, uh, to back that theory up uh, for the middle of September. But, hey, it's my tournament. I can schedule whatever I want. Um, let's see. I just lost one of my headphones, one of my new uh, earbuds. Uh, or AirPods, whatever you want to call them. All right. So. Uh, not right I'm now. Not down, am I? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm staying in one spot and I'm not moving. Uh, once you have your date booked, support from the AD, which we always had. Um, ideally, you have your teams booked between October and Christmas. I know we've had years where I was still looking for the last team all the way leading up to spring break. Um, that's just what happens. The first year we did it, we got, um, we, I think we were originally going to have six teams. And uh, we got stormed out uh, the night before. So um, we ended up only having four teams. We had to reschedule, and then we only, only ended up having four teams. And that fourth team, which ended up being Anderson County in 2014, uh, I think I heard from them Tuesday or Wednesday night before the Jeez. tournament saying they were coming. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, that's just reality of it. When you're playing a tournament, uh, you need to have, as a coach, you know, if you're organizing the tournament, um, you need to have a few teams, a few coach, coaches' phone numbers that you can text on Friday night before say, hey, this game's backed out. You all want to come tomorrow? I mean, that's just the reality of it. That's what goes into it. Um, it can be stressful, um, but you want to try and have your teams booked between October and Christmas. Once you have the teams and schedule set, you get that information out to the participants going into Christmas break. After that, it's all about getting trophies and T-shirts ordered. Um, trophies can be done in the spring. But T-shirts, ball boys, score, and clock keepers usually aren't finalized until the week of in a lot of cases. Uh, you know, usually you want to try and get uh, players that, uh, you know, are going to have rides to be ball boys and clock keepers. Sometimes that wasn't the case. So that's just where we were at with manpower and parent support. Um, I'll also add it becomes more difficult in that you have to be more careful who you ask to ball boy because transportation can be an issue for them. And then what are you going to do as a coach? You can't take a kid home that lives 30 minutes out of your way just so we can ball boy. See what I'm saying? Um, those are some of the dilemmas, dilemmas we face in hosting this tournament, but we pulled it off. I mean, so again, it's your, you want to build your reality is because with King of the Bluegrass, uh, you are playing, odds are you're playing teams that um, you wouldn't see otherwise see. 
you build your schedule, your game schedule around that tournament. You really do. That's that's right. The, that's so, the idea. So, but it's it's an October to October to September. Exactly. So really this is. started out as a two day tournament, right? The past few years has been one day. Uh, yeah, it started off as a two day tournament. We initially had teams uh, playing uh, three games. Um, uh, you know, when I came back in 2018, you know, uh, there's a term that I've heard here in the last couple of years that said, it goes, moderation is the key to moderation. All right. A lot of these kids, um, a lot of these teams are getting ready for district tournament in three weeks outside of the KOB Cup. Right. Um, a lot of kids are looking at playing the following Tuesday. So you're asking them to play three games in two days. Now, again, the argument could be, well, they're high school boys or girls, and they should they should be able to pull it off. Yeah, but I'm worried about them long term. And, uh, you know, the wear and tear that goes into a kid's knees, ankles, and everything, uh, it adds, it's going to add up in October, you mark my words. So we decided to go ahead and keep it at two games. Everybody gets two games. Uh, you got two games to handle your business. And uh, we had – Two division, we had two three-team divisions and uh, two division champs. Um, and you know what? It made for some good soccer. Um, that third, and by the way, those uh, those third games on Sunday uh, were not aesthetically pleasing because hey, everybody's tired. Yeah, everybody's ready to go home. So uh, the two on Saturday, I think, was pretty efficient. I think it was. Yeah, it was. So just talk a little bit about who was on your list to like invite to the tournament. Well, initially, well, and it, and it should, and it still needs to be this way. And uh, I'm going to go on a rant on this one. Forgive me. Um, the whole basis behind the KLB Cup was to create a mix of our teams coming from urban environments and some of our teams from the rural areas in the state. Um, I also believe that every season you should have a team or two on your schedule that you've never faced before. In my opinion, a part of having a good or great season and progressing your program is to play and beat teams you've never faced or beaten. Uh, in most cases, teams use the bluegrass games for that. We did too, but those games don't count, unfortunately. And also, your team in September, coaches, I know I'm sounding like I'm lecturing here, but your team in September should look nothing like your team at the end of July. If that's the case, then you have a problem. Uh, so I wanted to offer teams. <laughs> like um, so I wanted to offer teams and our own teams a chance to play opponents they otherwise wouldn't see at critical times of the year. Uh, the goal is to always keep the matchups as competitive as possible. Um, more often than not, we achieve that. I know we've seen some clunkers. I felt like last year's tournament was just so poorly, was just mismatches through and through. I wasn't happy with the results. Um, not so much with who won or anything, but just I hated that, that we had. What, what was the score again? Uh, I believe 6-0. Six, six yeah. Six nothing. Yeah, that shouldn't. And then that I, shouldn't and then I think they beat Barnes. I know. Now, I think a few hours later, Eastern did. Okay. Well, that, I mean, they. You know, if everybody's going home with one win and one loss, to me, that's a balanced tournament. But I just hate seeing. I hate seeing six nothing on the scoreboard. I hate. Um, I don't like seeing. Um, um, uh, you know, I think Eastern may have even. I'm going to call them out here. Forgive me. Uh, I think they took two or three red cards that game. And I know what I think at least two. Yeah. Um, that's not a good look. <laughs> that's not a good look. That's an ugly game to watch. I mean, yay, y'all won, but um, that's not, that's an ugly game. That's, uh, that's not a game I want any part of. You know? 
That's not a game. That's not a tournament game. So anyway, um, but you know, also without, I don't want to go into a huge social discussion, but I do feel like it's a conversation that needs to happen here in Kentucky. Uh, there's a divide between Jefferson County and the rest of Kentucky. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've totally. noticed or not. <laughs> there is. Oh, oh yeah. You know, um, that divide is seen in every facet you can think of. I do think now maybe I'm overgeneralizing here. I do think a lot of it is rooted in the, the basketball rivalry and it's just stupid. You know, uh, people don't like the city of Louisville because of college basketball. People don't like Lexington because of college. And Hey, I'm guilty of it. I love going to Lexington and I'll say it right here for the whole neighborhood to hear me. I love going to take my team to Lexington and winning three games at the bluegrass game. It's a meaningless tournament, but you know what? My pride gets the better of me. I want to go and win all three games and say, well, I took a team from Louisville to kick butt in Lexington because God knows my basketball or football team hasn't done it in years. Right. So, all right. Anyway, so, um, but there are schools in our rural areas, Chris, and I, and I can say this, I'm qualified to say this. I have coached in those rural areas. I have, I grew up in those rural areas. There are, um, there are schools in our rural areas that balk at the idea of coming to Louisville for a game or tournament because of what maybe they, what they've seen on the news or they just assume cities are not safe. You're trying to get you know, and I had conversations with people trying to get the schools to come to Fairdale. I was like, well, this is Louisville. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about going, you know, how close is that to the city's north end? What, what you mean, Prospect? <laughs> you know, so I know I'm rolling here for but I mean, they're also not Compton. So, which actually Compton is gentrified and it's actually a, a, a little bit more wealthy. Years ago, but whatever. Uh, it's not Brooklyn. Um, well, Brooklyn has all hipsters now, too. So, um, try, trying not to be, try, I'm trying to be as PC as I can here, Chris. Uh, I'm really, but on the bottom line is, um, you know, on the flip side, I think we have a lot of teams and schools here in Louisville that aren't willing to go outside, outside the city as well. And I don't want to hear anybody say, well, we go to E-Town every year for a scrimmage. No, no, that ain't what I'm talking about, man. Go out into the unknown. <laughs> so go to this county or that on a Saturday afternoon. Notice how much hotter it is in those areas than it is in the city of Louisville, how much more humid. You know, I'm going to give props to uh, Moore, uh, Coach Martinez. He's, uh, unless uh, unless uh, we don't have a season this year, uh, looks like he's taking his team all yeah, the way to Marshall that. County. That's kind of an early August game. You know how far yeah. Well, right. Number one, it's going to be hot and humid down there. I hope those boys are ready for it. Uh, it's a different level of humid in that market. I grew up there. Um, one of these days, we'll do a we'll do a show on when I scored two goals at Marshall County when they're ranked number two. Um, way down the road. Um, but it's going to be an experience for them. And now they're also going to be stunned by the facility. Oh my gosh, Bermuda. Uh, uh, it's not turf. That field is Bermuda. It's a uh, real, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like almost like a hollow ground. Right. Right. Um, but Bermuda, so the ball just rolls. I mean, just like it was on turf. I like that better than a dude turf. Yeah. I'm not a I big really fan do. of turf either. Um, but they're going to be, yeah. I mean, the, the soccer stadium there is bigger than some football stadiums really? in the That's, state. It's interesting. I wouldn't have thought so, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, good for him for yeah. taking them all the way down there. We went down to Spencer County him. a few years ago, and it was just I, – I think that was probably the hottest game all year. And it was out in the middle of nowhere in Spencer County. We won, I think it was 8-0. But that, that's something I won't forget, just yeah. how totally hot it was. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm talking go out. I mean, go out into the unknown, and um, where maybe the parents don't want to go, and you know, take your kids out of their comfort zone. So anyway, um, but I'm sure. And hey, listen, I'm sure both sides have legit stories of crap behaving poorly, referees screw jobs or whatever. I'm sure there are plenty of reasons why this team from Louisville isn't going to uh, Nelson County anymore. I'm sure there is why. Uh, this team from Eastern Kentucky isn't coming back to Louisville anymore. I get it. I'm, I'm sure there, there's a million reasons why, you know, but give your kids a chance to overcome something. Um, now, um, but, you know, as leaders of these kids, we have to ask ourselves if we're really giving them the full experience if we don't take them out of their comfort zone. It isn't any different than in the classroom. You're expected as, te- as a teacher to take your kids out of comfort zone and, and challenge exactly. their thinking. Challenge, you know, have them challenge themselves. I mean, we're expected to do that. Coaches should be no different. You know, now, again, I say all this. We're probably seeing over the next couple of years, we're probably going to see some budget cuts where some teams are told, hey, you can't travel more than 50 miles. You know, uh, I'm sure that's going to come up. So, and, and that's okay. That's part of it. If, you know, if it means keeping the programs, if it means keeping the programs alive and not cutting them, then that's okay. Well, you know, if I were coming back this year and I said, hey, you can't go outside of Louisville, you know, just budget cuts. Okay, fine. I'll play, you know, let's play PRP three times. Let's play Butler twice. Let's do what we got to do, you know. So, um, uh, you know, I mean, and, and hey, listen, um, there are places that I'm not willing to take my teams, and I've got good reasons for it. Um, but I'm proud to say that I'm absolutely willing to take my teams to play uh, to more places than I'd rather not. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll take them into the unknown. Uh, nothing like showing up in those places and and winning. There's nothing like showing up in those places and winning those tournaments. I mean, winning a tournament or winning a game. Uh, like I said, we went down to Muhlenberg in 2012. Um, great, great experience. We'll do a show on that one down the road. Um you know, because today we're talking about King, King of Bluegrass Cup. I'm trying to entice people to be willing to come to that tournament, come to the King of Bluegrass Cup. Um, let's see. So I encourage my coaching peers to have the same approach. Now, all that being said, you'll be able to see a pattern in our opponents during this tournament. In 2014, we faced Spencer County and Central, two opposite sides of the spectrum, trust me. Um, in 2015, we faced Bullet East, Rowan County, and Central. In 2018, we faced Bardstown and Bowling Green. And then uh, last year we had Anderson County and Greenwood. So all teams, all these teams had completely different makeup than the other. Um, we've had Central, Spencer County, Anderson County. I just know I'm going to leave somebody out. Central, Spencer County, Anderson County, Bullet East, Muhlenberg County, Bullet Central, Rowan County, Bowling Green, Greenwood, Bardstown, Eastern, and Butler. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. So there's a lot of balance. I mean, that's a lot of there, there's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of diverse teams on the on that list, and then there's also a not so diverse team. I mean, I want that culture clash. I want, I, you know, I want to. My goal with King's Bluegrass Cup was to, um, you know, serve as kind of a bridge for high school soccer in Kentucky between Louisville and the rest of the state. And I think, I think in a lot of ways, we accomplished that. I really, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, did, did did you ever consider like inviting like Saint X or Trinity or Highlands or Henry Clay or any of those, you know, state power teams? Um, in 2015, so check this out. I had this great, I mean, I, I took it down to my athletic director, Ernest, at the time, and I went down, I was meeting with him in his office, and said, hey, 
you know, Bowling Green won the state title in 2014. I said, I want Bowling Green here at King Bluegrass Cup next year because we should be pretty good. And I want them here on Saturday night. Now, every soccer fan in the city, if there's not a local city game that night, there's not a UFL college game that night, every soccer fan in the city, every high school soccer fan in the city would have been enticed to come to Fairdale and watch that game. Especially, you know, at that point, I think we might have been 10 and 2 or something like that. Bowling Green's probably coming in with a similar record, defending state champs on a Saturday night. I would have hyped that game. I would have bought pizza for every kid that came to that game that night. I mean, I was, I mean, I was, I had this vision, right? And, um, and it wasn't realistic either because I knew their coach from my days at Warren Easton Franklin. Craig and I were tight. Um, I thought about how cool it would have been to have them at our place Saturday night at the tournament. Um, and it would have been a big moment for our program. Um, so when you consider how good we were that year, beating them, beating them was a possibility. Didn't happen. We ended up getting a really good Rowan County team, and uh, we played a classic with them. Uh, we tried – actually, I think last year I tried to get Davies County Butler, um, and that didn't work out on the Davies side. Uh, that would have been a great matchup. Um, you know, St. X, Trinity, and Lee Collegiate in a position to ignore tournament invites if they want to. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure Highlands and Clint Henry Clay are. Right. Too. So uh, just how much was it to participate money-wise? 100 bucks. Not bad at all. $100. Um, I don't think it, you know, again. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, again, that's going to hopefully entice a team from Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky, Owensboro, Bowling Green to say, hey, it's $100. We go to Louisville for the day. We come home. We're home that night. Let's do it, you know. And uh, on the flip side, a lot of our schools here in Louisville that maybe, you know, programs that don't have as much money, um, I mean, uh, you know, $100. That, that's that's not a hard uh, – that's an easy sell to an athletic director. Say, hey, we want to go to this tournament at Fairdale. Can you all pay for it? 100 bucks. Yep. That's oh, yeah. I'm sure Coach Justin Butler, so, I mean, he'd be that, thrilled at that. Yeah, I mean, again, it, you know, and that's the whole premise of it. You know, if we wanted to, you know, the basketball tournament, oh, my gosh, I think teams pay $1,000 fee. Um, and, and basketball right now, ba- high school basketball right now is a little bit more, is a little bit bigger business than, than uh, high school soccer. Um, but I want it to be accessible. I want a team to look at that and say, hey, I can go to my athletic director and get that money. I can go to my booster club and get that money. Let's go. Yeah, you know, one thing I didn't, I don't really care for about the basketball tournament is it's kind of based on like the previous season, right? Isn't that how they like they invite people? It's just based off records. I don't know. I know. I know. I know Lloyd uh, or Coach Gardner, whatever you call him. Um, uh, I know he tries to. He does a good job getting in a different team every year. A lot of times, he's if there's a kid, if there's a school that's got a high-profile recruit coming to U of L or UK. Um, he's trying to get them. If there's a team that's got a top player in the state that's going to commit to a, one of the programs in the state, odds are he's going to try and get them. So it's, uh, it, you know, that program's got a lot of diversity in it as well. I mean, you don't see the same teams year in and year out. Um, so, but I don't know. I don't know if I, if I have a great answer for that one. I don't know if I've ever heard that, you know, it's something has to happen the year before for them to come back. Yeah, know. it just seemed like so, to me it was based uh, off rankings a lot of the times. But it, that could be wrong. That may be that. You know what? It, it's probably it probably factors into it, but I don't think it's the right. factor. So, kind of talk about some of your best, you know, 
bluegrass games and memories that, that you've had? Um, well, like I said, 2015, Rowan County was pretty epic. It was that Saturday night game I've been looking for where it was just two really good teams going at it. Uh, Rowan County had made the Final Four the year before. Um, so, uh, you know, for us to get to play them, that was uh, – and we won. We beat them one nothing. Clayton hit it. Nolan Cook off the throw in, and then Clayton headed it in. Uh, we won one nothing. Uh, that was a big moment, a big night for our program. I felt like at that point we were um, – um, I felt like at that point we were we were rolling and, you know, we were a legit contender for the regional title. Right, yeah. I mean, that, that, that was a good season. Sorry, you're kind of out a little bit again. So I just kind of lost him, oh. what you were saying. <laughs> I started walking towards the edge of the garage. Uh, I'm also going to bring this up. Uh, my friend Brian's probably going to listen to this. He's former coach at Central. Uh, in 2014, Central won the first tournament, King of Bluegrass Cup. That was the whole idea. That was the whole premise. A team like Central coming and play. And here's the thing about that. That's what's so cool about it. Uh, it gives teams an opportunity to win a tournament. Um, you know, they were a good team and had a good coach. But and there's a lot, there's got to be a dozen more than a dozen. Uh, there's got to be 50 other teams like that across the state that are good teams, have good coaches, but because they're buried by somebody like uh, maybe a Butler maybe a St. X or a Trinity, they don't have opportunities to do well in October, right? Central's in a district manual, right? And they are, you know, they're going to struggle. To, they're going to struggle to win the district. And, you know, if they do get through the district, I mean, the seventh region, <laughs> you know, you're not no, going to have an easy game in the first round of the regional tournament, you know, um, in the seventh region. So, you know, for Central to win that tournament, that's kind of validation for that program. That's kind of a defining moment in their season and everything. And, you know, we got to stop. We, we have to stop looking at teams and saying, well, they have no chance to win their district or their region. They're no good. No, man, that, that's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb. I don't, you know, that's the first thing I told the play, I've told players before. Just because they're in, they're getting squashed by the teams in their, you know, a team or two in their district or region doesn't mean they're a bad team. There's just a huge discrepancy in talent. And, and resources, uh, quite frankly. So for Central to come to our tournament and uh, they beat Spencer County in the first game, we might well look that up. Um, they beat Spencer County in the first game and then they uh, beat us two to one in the second game. Um, you know, that, that's the whole idea. And that really did define their season. So we'll talk about that individual tournament and then show down the road. And uh, hopefully we'll get Coach Rampick uh, uh, on board as a guest that, that, that to talk more about it. So, Kelby, for sure. So, what, what do you think tournaments do for coaches and a team? We might have already touched on that, but just coaches in general. Well, no, no, no. Uh, as far as coaches go, I mean, we talked about with players, it gives them expo- it gives players exposure. Um, but as far as coaches goes, it, it's a great chance to learn. You sit there and watch. You watch other coaches and how they run their teams, you know, little tricks that they do during warm-ups, ways that they handle referees. If you're at a tournament and you are not um, – I'm preaching again. If you're at a tournament and as a coach and you're not taking something and learning, if you're not watching another coach and how they handle business, then, you know, in my opinion, you know, that's, the, that's, your best, that's one of your best opportunities to learn. Um, there might be a warm-up that they're doing. They say, you know what, I'm going to put that in my back pocket. Maybe use that down the road. Um, you know, hey, as coaches, we're probably the worst in the world at gossiping. We do it, right? And you 
better walk away from the conversation. Whatever poor song you're talking about that screwed up badly the, the earlier during the week that week leading up to the tournament, right? And so and so tells you, oh yeah, I can't believe he did that or she, you know, made that mistake and everything. You better be walking away from that conversation, saying to yourself, hey, remind me not to, you know, saying to your assistant coach, hey, remind me not to make that same mistake that so and so over at that school did the other night. Um, that's uh, uh, that's how you learn, man. So uh, that's just how you learn. So it's an opportunity. The tournaments give coaches every opportunity to improve. If they don't take advantage of it, then I, so, I don't know. So what would you have done differently with the tournament? Um, well, there's not a lot. Um, I guess all the things I would have done differently were out of my control. Uh, if we'd had our own field, I think I would have at least attempted to play and one on Saturday and then uh, one on Sunday so that we could crown a true champion. Um, an old tournament team would have been great to have because, again, this is exposure for the kids. I mean, these are kids that may not have any other chance to get exposed. Um, let's get some exposure. But, and, uh, you know, hey, college coaches, they're busy that time of year too, right? So maybe they can't make it. But there are coaches from other teams that take what they saw back to, you know, back to wherever they're at and they can talk to the college coaches they know in their area. They could, uh, I mean, that's how kids make the All-State team. When you're, when I was going to, well, not me anymore, but when I, when I, or co- any other coach is sitting at that, um, at that committee table, decides who the All-State teams are, and they say, oh, yeah, I saw that kid at King of Bluegrass Cup. He's a first teamer. That's what that does for those kids, right? And um, so uh, as far as, you know, you got to, Having an all-tournament team would have been awesome. I know we added the MVP. Maybe it was in 2018 or last year. I can't remember. Um, but um, uh, that's important for those kids. It means a lot to them. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, do you think the KLB was the best tournament in Louisville for soccer? Yes, I do, especially the last two years. I really believe it. Um, now, uh, I'm not even sure. Did Mail host the no, Cup last they year? Didn't. They, they did in 2018. They didn't have it. Uh, last year, they were in the Coke Cup uh, this past season. Okay, okay. I know they were looking for teams to come, and they just—I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they down. didn't. Because I don't really remember like hearing about it at that time. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I really. I'll, yeah. I'll I mean, they had a lot of issues besides, um, you know, other stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they, no, they found a not that I've heard. I keep on looking on Twitter. Like I've even tagged Jeez. like the AD and. and Said by last Friday, you could have an announcement, but I haven't heard anything. So, okay, no, I'll yeah, find somebody. Um, I'm <laughs> off the market, so nobody talk to me <laughs> anyway. Um, so but as far as our, I really believe our tournament was the best one in Louisville the last couple of years. Well, I, I grew up seeing uh scores from the male Bulldog Cup or the DeSales Colt Cup and thinking, man, that's that's some serious soccer. Um, I'm glad the sales has brought back uh, has brought back their tournament, but I'm going to make a point here in a minute why I feel like ours is the best uh, right now. The sales does have the turf field, uh, but I just think a tournament should stretch over a weekend and not over the course of a week against teams that you're already set to play. But also, you're looking at some teams that are looking for uh, playing four or five games that week. And then y'all do that at one point. Left. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, we we played. Uh, I think it was a Monday. Thursday and a Saturday game, but it all got moved around because it was insanely hot, so we couldn't play that night. JCPS canceled, so we ended up right. losing our game with St. X because of that tournament, because we couldn't back out, so we ended up just, the St. X game had to be canceled. 
Yeah, I just I just think a tournament should not. I don't. And we had a game with PRP and Seneca the next two days after that tournament, so it was a brutal stretch. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So, um, uh, I think ours was is sufficient with two games on Saturday and naming two division champs with an MVP from each division. Um, it's basically three teams getting to play, six teams getting to play a round robin. Um, so we've offered cool, fresh, and competitive matchups. Sounds like I'm describing a bubblegum. Cool, fresh, and competitive matchups that teams otherwise may not see. Um, we've given teams that don't see a lot of opportunities for success in October an opportunity to define, define their season in a positive way. I think Central is Exhibit A from 2014. Uh, I'll also add that, in my opinion, a tournament really needs the host team to have a chance of winning it. Um, no disrespect to the sales. Um, I don't know if they how competitive they were going to be with Mayo or Ballard last year, right? Or Butler for that matter. So um, that's my only hang up with with other tournaments. I need to see the home team have a chance. Now that doesn't mean you rig it up and and make sure they're in the final or anything like that, so you can get ticket sales. That's not what I'm saying. But you want to put, uh, you know, if you put uh, Depending on how your team is coming in uh, from year to year, um, that's you know that determines what kind of challenges you put in front of them. You know, if I felt at Fairdale, if I felt like we were good enough, good enough to play a competitive game with St. X or Trinity or Collegiate, I'd be kicking down the door trying to get them to come. Um, as far as uh, you know, again, it goes back to 2015. You know, I wanted Bowling Green because I knew in my heart of hearts we can, we can play with Bowling Green. I really believed it. I know they'd won state year before. They had a you know pretty awesome record, um, and I'm assuming they. I think they graduated a lot after that year. But I felt like we, God, we could play um, a really competitive game with them um, that next year in 2015. So I feel like the home team has to at least have a chance to win. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's you know, and, and oh by the way, we it's been pretty balanced. I think and, you know we won it. We won our division in 2018. Um, in 2015, we won it. In 2014, Central won it. Um, so, and then uh, this past year, Greenwood won our division, and I think yeah, Butler, yeah won, we won it the uh, past division. two years. So, yeah, so there's some good balance there. I really believe there's some good balance there. And again, the exposure gives teams a chance to show what they got when they otherwise don't get that opportunity. So that's why I feel like our tournament so is best. So what would you say is the best tournament in the state? Right now, man, I got to go with Purple Classic. Um, I know this is going to bring up some healthy debate on Twitter, and that's, that's great. Um, I, you know, I got to go with what I know, right? And I got to go with Purple Classic. Uh, you know, when I was in – when I coached at Warren East, when I coached at Franklin Simpson – uh, I think every year that I was down in the, coaching those places on Friday night, I came to watch the Purple Classic. You know, man, even on you know what, even on Saturday night, I go and watch the final. Um, and uh, it's you know, it's potentially it could be three games for the two finalists, right? And you start on Friday night, and by the way, you're under the lights on Friday night. You're playing at Lovers Lane Soccer Complex, which, in my opinion, might be at this point in time. Might be the nicest uh, soccer complex in the state. You got Bermuda Fields, you got bleachers, uh, great concession stand. Uh, uh, and then you play again on Saturday. So that was the one tournament. That was the one tournament that if I could, uh, if I could, I mean, 
if I had the resources to do it, I would have taken Fairdale every year. We would have gone to uh, we would have gone to the Purple Classic. Um, unfortunately, you know, we didn't have the manpower. We didn't have the resources to be able to pull off the hotel stay. So that made it um, uh, that made it tough. But I, I love Purple yeah, Classic. I like that quality. I like teams. that idea of playing on Friday night. You, you don't really see soccer too often on Friday nights, so I, that, that's pretty cool just for that alone. I think. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting too, Chris. Uh, here, when I was where I grew up down in far western Kentucky, um, it wasn't, uh, and again, there's not as much to do down there, but it, uh, it wasn't uncommon at all to see teams playing on Saturday night. There was always a Saturday night game going on somewhere, and I just, and that be, and there would be crowds there at those games. Um, now, obviously, when I moved out of that area and went to Bowling Green, didn't see as many Saturday night games. I think Bowling Green would play one or two maybe Greenwood one or two every year. But when I tried to schedule them at Warren East or Franklin Simpson, everybody looked at me like I had three heads. And then here in Louisville, you don't see them very often at all. Right. Um, yeah. It's just hard to do so, with football. Uh, yeah. I love high school soccer on Saturday night. I really yeah. Do. It's pretty cool. So uh, do you think fatigue impacted team? Uh, let me rephrase that. Do you think fatigue impacted teams during the tournament? Because a lot of times, you know, you had a nine o'clock in the morning game and then, four o'clock later that day. So do you think that kind of had an impact? It's possible. Um, really, truly, it depends on the weather. I didn't see – I feel like – now, last year, again, it was so hot, I felt like the level of play sagged, not just the second game, but in the first game. Uh, Who did you guys play first last year? Was it – Was it, did you all play Eastern first? Yeah, it was Eastern at nine and then Bardstown later on that afternoon. Okay. The year before that, it was Greenwood and – uh, bullet east yeah you know I, I i felt like last year the level of play was just sagged all across the board yeah I kind of thought um, that. I think a lot of that had to do with the heat you know um you know and you get teams that are just coming off a three-hour bus ride or whatever and they get there and they need time i, I always did my best to try and give those teams a chance not just to to, to get to fairdale but also um stretch their legs out and get a proper warm-up right. in. Uh, I never wanted to put a team in position to play at 1030 and they had to, you know, when they were going to be rolling in at 10 o'clock, I never wanted to put a team in that position. I don't, and to my knowledge, I don't think we did. Um, so I'm pretty proud of that. But I mean, uh, you know, I'd say if you're a high school soccer player and, or as a coach, it's your job to warn your kids, hey guys, there's or girls, there's going to be, uh, Warn your players that there's going to be at least one scenario every season that you play two games in one day, whether it's the bluegrass games, whether it's a tournament. Um, you know, you need to prepare your kids. There's going to be at least one scenario where you play two games in one day, and you need to have you got to have your kids conditioned to be prepared for that scenario. So, you know, so I, a little, I'm more, well, a little bit. I think you can see some of the fatigue, but um, you know what? Uh, if you got two teams that are playing to take a trophy home on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, uh, they're going to bring it. And even if they are tired, it's nothing compared to the level of tired they're going to show on Sunday if there was a third game. Right. So, yes, yeah, it's just best to get it over with in that one day. Get it over with in that one day. Go home and sleep. So, so you asked me the best concession stand, right? And then what you asked earlier? Yeah, we okay, got so it. It's a tie between you all and DeSales because DeSales has this really good cinnamon pretzel that's covered in uh, – cinnamon powder and then they got their own icing it's, it's really good i don't know yeah. if you ever had it 
Is it homemade? Hey, is it homemade? Yeah, it is. They just had it. Yeah, they make it at their soccer and basketball games. Oh, my God, it's incredible. But but you all have this cookie ice cream sandwich that I really like. (laughs) I probably ate like five of those that day. And then, but yeah, I would have to say it's a tie, but between you all. But I think you all is probably the most affordable concession stand. It's no knock at these sales, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, um, one thing I'm gonna miss about Fairdale's concession stand is pop. Yeah, I don't know if I ever uh, got that, but I've heard it's really, really good. There were, hey, there were plenty of nights that that was my dinner, and you know what? It was pretty good dinner. Yeah, I love so, concession stands. Uh, There's nothing like a chili dog or nachos. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, well, I, th- I, I think we had a good discussion. Uh, it was a conversation that needed to be had. Uh, the Canyon Bluegrass Cup, and hopefully Coach Cook, hopefully he keeps it going. I think he will. Um, I think he will as long as he's allowed to this year, this fall. Um, we still don't know what's going to yeah, happen this um, fall. Another so. thing I'll add is your athletic trainer, yeah. uh, Suzanne, she's mm-hmm. by far the best yep. in JCPS. I mean, she was just incredible yeah. that day with us. Was, I mean, she was just yeah. getting ice, you know, getting whatever any of the teams needed. So it you are very lucky to have her. At... Suzanne's uh, very passionate about her job. Um, you know, and one thing I would tell any young coach, uh, you treat the trainer like the king or queen. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, they'll make your life, they'll make your life miserable. That's, if you make them I mean, that's a tough so. job that really doesn't get a lot of appreciation and very little pay. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Every tournament, every tournament you host needs to have a trainer on site. Um, uh, we got a lot of actually when I when I uh, coached down at Franklin Simpson um, and we host a tournament we host the Franklin Simpson Invitational. Um, one of the we never had a trainer on site <laughs> and uh, we got a lot of complaints over that and um, you know that's probably in my control. Um, uh, I was often told no <laughs> that we couldn't have really, him, that, have him there. That doesn't so, seem right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hey, let me uh, on that note, you know. One thing I'm sure there are a ton of coaches that would here in Louisville and Jefferson County and out uh, out the rest of Kentucky that would love to be able to travel. Um, that would love to be able to travel to um, uh, tournaments and you know you know foreign territory. Let's just call it that. And uh, let's not judge those guys and gals too much because they may not be allowed to. They may you know they may not be allowed to go to that tournament because their athletic director tells them, Hey, the furthest you can go is 200 miles. That tournament's 250 miles away. Um, so those are things we need to consider. Let's not judge, let's not judge these coaches too harshly because we don't know what they're being told by their athletic director or principal. So, um, that's something we run into, but man, if you have, I see a lot of teams on the move going across, you know, taking these Saturday trips to, you know, 200 mile bus rides and everything. Um, uh, if you've got the means to do it, you need to do it. So come to Louisville. It's safe. Teams in Louisville, go to the outs, go out in the state and play games. Go play that Saturday night game in some, in some, uh, in some small town. Right? It'll be a great experience for your kids. And hey, there ain't anything like winning those games and then that uh, hour and a half long bus oh, yeah. ride back. It's one of the best feelings in yeah. the world. Well, and then so, sometimes you lose um, and the bus ride could be different, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but again, hey, you learn something. Yeah, you know? and definitely, it's so, a good experience. That's all there is to it. So, 
So that's that's the whole idea, the experience. Give your kids the full experience. Don't be afraid to take them places. Don't be afraid to bring them to these tournaments. Bring them to the King of the Bluegrass Cup. They'll enjoy it. Yeah, I certainly did. Hopefully I can make it out this year if, you know, if there is a season. I plan on it. Yeah. Right, right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I know it's going to be interesting because Central's playing in the King of Bluegrass Cup this year. Um, so, yeah, you got Butler back. Um, <laughs> uh, Greenwood, I believe, is is back. Uh-huh. Uh, Bullities, right? right? Or no, I don't think they are. Uh, no, uh, Fairdale's playing. Fairdale's got probably got the tougher of the front side, um, in my opinion. Uh, they've got Ohio County, um, which has been pretty decent the last few years. That'll be a good matchup. And then they've got uh, Covington, Holy Cross, which anytime you win 12 games in Northern Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati, um, you, you've got something good going on. So that's going to be uh, – Fairdale will have a work cut out for them. That will be a challenge for them. Uh, uh, anxious to see what Central looks like this year. Um, you know, I think we can all expect Butler and Greenwood to, uh, to be good as usual. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, totally. So – Okay, so, so what, uh, what what we got next week? Next week, oh my gosh, we are covering uh, the one game where I received a red card in 2008, oh and spoiler alert, it was my first game at Franklin Simpson. So um, we'll talk about we'll talk about how that happened, uh, the impact on a coach, the impact of a red card on a on a coach, not just for the next two or three games, but also for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll talk about the. We'll, we'll give some context to that situation. What was going right uh, at that time uh, for me as a coach there, and what was going wrong. And um, you know, it's uh, either way. It, there's some. There is some funny uh, stories to be told from it, and there's other parts of it that aren't funny. So um, it's going to be interesting to cover. It'll be fun to talk about. I think. I hope. Yeah, look forward to that. So, and then we got July coming up. What What do we got for in uh, in July? I think in July at some point we'll talk about the bluegrass games, which we just found out, I believe, this past week that they're 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 canceled yeah. this year. Uh, Makes me wonder about the rest of the season. Then. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll. I believe we've got a show uh, that we're gonna focus on attacking and shooting. Um, I think those are the two highlights. I got to go back and look and see what else we've got for those uh, for, throughout July, but. July's going to be loaded. Every month is loaded when it comes to the show. I mean, we, there's so much information we should be giving out. Um, it's, uh, it, it's good stuff. I encourage, uh, hopefully, you know, if you tune in to listen to this show, check out the other ones because it's a ton of information. It's a great opportunity for coaches to learn. It's a great opportunity for players. And yeah, players I mean, I've, I've been so, really enjoying this. It's hard to believe we've been doing it seven weeks now. And are we at seven yeah. weeks already? Episode seven. Yeah. Yeah, I've, and I've been. Here's the thing about it too. I've got it planned out all the way through like this time next year, and then there are, there are other ideas coming across my head that I'm like, you know what? We need yeah, to I mean, there's just that. so much that we can cover. I mean, this could go on for ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, we're gonna go for a while, that's for sure. So uh, we're gonna go for a while. Once we get on Apple, I think our platform is gonna get bigger. Um, I'm picking up more business with Step to the Ball, so I think uh, we're gonna. I think we're going to get more listeners that way. Uh, I think once the book comes out, um, we're going to, we're going to see more listeners and um, man, it's just, it, it's going to blow up. For sure. And for those that haven't followed the Twitter account, we need to get more followers on that. It's uh, you can find us at, at step two podcast on Twitter. 
That's where we'll post the, the link. Yeah. So follow that if you haven't already. No doubt, no doubt. All right, Chris. Well, let's get out of here. Let's get this thing uploaded, and uh, let's uh, let's get some. All right. Stuff. So good job, everybody. I'll see you.